Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. This is a transformative time for black America. Our income is at an all-time high, and the opportunity for economic empowerment is unprecedented. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. Build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com slash blueprints. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Winner, winner, chicken dinner! This is Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! With the voice of Vegas, your host, RJ Bell. Pay that man his money. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Live from the Vegas Strip, the pregame show America has always wanted. With RJ Bell out, here's Bernie Fratto.
We are 28 days away from Selection Sunday. College basketball is raging. There was pertinent NFL news. Pitchers and catchers reported the NBA All-Star Weekend is upon us. You've come to the right place, folks. Don't go anywhere. You're going on this roller coaster ride with us for the next hour. We'll take you up to midnight in the Jonas Knox Show. And on that note, welcome back to another edition of Straight Out of Vegas. RJ Bell is out and about. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. So visit geico.com for a free rate quote. This is the weekend edition of Straight Out of Vegas. You know, Straight Out of Vegas airs Monday through Friday right here. Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM Channel 83, 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific, 6 to 7 Eastern, with R.J. Bell, Steve Fezzik, Brad Powers, and Jonas Knox. And regardless of the season, know this. As R.J. Bell says, we promise to deliver the Vegas truth to you every Saturday night. This is Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. We waste no time. We head straight to Lexington, Kentucky, where the number one Tennessee Vols invaded Rupp Arena, a game I was really looking forward to, Sleepy. Vols, their only loss this year to Kansas back on November 23rd, the day after Thanksgiving, 87-81. They've won 19 in a row. They looked unstoppable. I mean, even the other night, Wednesday, against a very tough, gritty Frank Martin, South Carolina Gamecock uh, team, they win by 12. They're a team that's been shooting 50% from the field. They're efficient with their shots. But they're only 24-77 and 77 all time against AP top five opponents. They ran into a true blue blood today. This, I think I, I classify this game, Sleepy, as a classic matchup of experience. And that was Tennessee. They got a lot of upperclassmen. Mm-hmm. And talent. Once again, John Calipari's done it. Now, Props to Brad Powers. We talked uh, Friday before the show. We both like Kentucky. The thing I cited, uh, Kentucky heading into this game, a plus 14 rebound margin at home. And yes, today, Kentucky, 42 rebounds to Tennessee's. He caught my eye early on. P.J. Washington, the big man for Kentucky with his 7-foot, 3-inch wingspan, set the tone early. And I really think he intimidated Tennessee. You know, Casey Stengel once had a line saying, the Yankees, they win because people get stuck staring at the pinstripes. I really think Tennessee, I, I will just say this, Sleepy. It was an extremely physical game. Kentucky played bigger, faster, more ticked off, more determined. And early in the second half, I'm going to say within six minutes into the second half, Kentucky broke Tennessee's will. They broke their spirit. They got up by 24. Tennessee got up to 12. And let's face it. This was a one-sided game. Huge props to Kentucky. They win by 17, 86-69. If you had the Wildcats minus 3.5, you got the cash. Yeah, Tennessee just had no answer for the physicality of the Wildcats. Every time the Volunteers got within a bucket or two, as you just mentioned, Washington, they dump it down to them on the block, hook shot in time after time after time. Like you said, uh, you know, it just took the air out of Tennessee, and uh, that really was the X factor for me was the fact that P.J. Washington was able to execute underneath there. And huge props to Kentucky's duel of Keldon Johnson and Tyler Harrow. Keldon Johnson with 19 points was solid around the perimeter. Tyler Harrow chipped in 15. What that did, what that did was really negate the effectiveness of Jordan Bone. 
the star. Who, he had 19 points for Tennessee. And by the way, I'm not nearly going to be as critical as te- uh, of Tennessee tonight as I was with Virginia last week, last Saturday in our show after losing at home to Duke. Huge props to Kentucky. They're now 8-7 and seven against the spread in 15 home games this year at Rupp Arena. A little bit of an on ball, but that's just because Kentucky is expensive, mm-hmm. right? Keep an eye on them, boy. I'll tell you, they're a they're a team. John Calipari, he's doing it again, and they're a team on the short list. As we get closer and closer to Selection Sunday, I think we're gonna we're gonna try to sort out the the manure from the the cow patties. If you get my drift, and the pretenders versus the real contenders. But before I mix too many metaphors, let's move on to Ann Arbor, another game. I really enjoyed watching today. Again, I was looking forward to it. Maryland has really, you know, made some bones this year in the in the Big Ten. They, and they beat Purdue, but they have been struggling of late. A bit understandable given the quality of competition of the Big Ten. We talked before the show. Uh, sleepy. I think the Big Ten is still the deepest conference. Joe Lenardi has eight Big Ten teams right now projected to go into the tournament. Terps had a good week. They defeated Nebraska away from home, 60-45. to Very nice pick-me-up victory following an eight-point road loss to Wisconsin. But one of the problems Maryland's having is the turnover battle. They're 13th in the conference. They're turning the ball over, you know, 21% of the time of their possessions. It's one of every five possessions. You can't do that. Heading into Chrysler Arena today, Maryland was 5-3 and three straight up and 6-2 and two against the spread. On the road, not bad. But Michigan was the team I had my eye on. They were looking to build momentum again after seeing their 17-game winning streak to open the season end in a 64-54 road loss to the Badgers last month. They actually cobbled together three straight victories, but then they go to Penn State this week, sleepy. They lose 75-69. to We've talked about this on previous shows. The Wolverines heading into today, their three-point woes had continued. They were only 7-20 from behind the arc against Penn State, and they were out-rebounded 35-25. to The one good thing about Michigan is defensively, John Beeline's commitment to defense has still been very stellar this year. Michigan only allowing five made three-pointers per game at home. Wolverines get the win, Sleepy. They're now 16-0 straight up at Chrysler. They win 65-52. They get the money. The closing line was minus 7.5. Part of the reason, Maryland reverted to its turnover problem. And Michigan, let's face it, they set the tone early. They wanted to respond with an iron fist after what happened at Penn State. They had zero turnovers in the second half. Props to Michigan. And your guy, Charles Matthews, the veteran, he was feeling it today, Sleepy. 14 points, 7 of 12. And defensively, he was extremely active. He's becoming their floor leader. Yeah, Michigan plus 10 in turnovers. You just mentioned Charlie Matthews. But Bernie, you know, one of the things that Michigan didn't do well last week in the second half was get everybody involved. It was all on Charlie Matthews. This second half, the entire team pitched in. I think that was a big difference for Michigan in the second half. Good point. And I'll tell you another key thing for Michigan is defense continues to be their calling card. Per Ken, Palm, per Ken Palm, Michigan has the second best defense in the nation with only 84.6 points allowed per 100 possessions. Possessions. That's that's outstanding. Now, the Wolverines are also surrendering just 57 points a game. They sit atop the Big 10 with a 12 and 3 record. Michigan gets it done today. Another revenge game on the slate today, the Iowa State Cyclones. 
Now, they lost by one at home to K-State earlier in the year. They, they get off the bus. Sleepy Iowa State's offensive rhythm was phenomenal. They had K-State on their heels almost immediately. Their transition on offense off to the races after missed baskets was fantastic. Now, the Cyclones got tripped up by TCU last week, and they lost at home by nine, and they didn't shoot the ball well. But one of the things Iowa State has done well is average the fewest turnovers in the Big 12 with just 11 per game. That's important. By the way, they also shot the ball quite well today. 14 of 24 from behind the arc. Now, full disclosure, I didn't bet the game, but I actually like Kansas State today. They were laying two and a half. They have been rocketing to the top of the Big 12 in recent weeks, and they, in a sense, sort of put the rest of the college basketball on notice. In their latest outing, they completely smothered Texas and Chaka Smart in Austin Tuesday, winning 71-64. They've had a balanced attack, and they have the second-best defense in the Big 12 per Ken Palm and fourth in the nation. Again, they're just allowing 59 points per game. And, oh, by the way, the Wildcats heading into today's tilt against Iowa State, 14 is straight up, but maybe this was a clue, Sleepy. They were only 8-7 and seven against the spread. Yeah. The story of the game for me, Bernie, when I was watching it, was a three-point line for Iowa State. They shot 58.5% from beyond the arc. Kansas State really had no answer for Horton Tucker and Lindell Wigginton as they went 11 for 15 from downtown. Don't forget, though, Bernie, K-State did lose their big man, Dean Wade. Good I thought point. that that was a punch uh, right in the gut there for Kansas State. They just couldn't overcome the three points and the fact that he was out of the game. Somehow I managed to bury the lead. Iowa State wins outright. Beautiful road win, revenge game, 78-64. If you had Iowa State plus the two and a half, you cashed the ticket. You break a nine-game home winning streak for Kansas State. And uh, one of the things I'll give Iowa State for credit, one of the things that really stuck out in my mind today, very aggressive, getting to the 50-50 loose balls. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that don't always show up in the box score. And uh, I'll tell you, Kansas State, Sleepy, we are in an era where you have to make threes to compete. Kansas State couldn't make their threes today. Added up, it was the perfect storm. Huge 14-point road win for Iowa State. And by the way, uh, Joe Lenardi also has projected the Big 12 to have eight teams in the big dance uh, along with the Big Ten. We'll know more four weeks from tomorrow, Selection Sunday. Clemson-Louisville, this is the game I was also looking very much forward to watching. Uh, look, before I get to Clemson, and I really am, am impressed with the way they competed today, um, I want to give Chris Mack a break, okay? He took a lot of heat. Chris Mack's the head coach of the Louisville Cardinals. Sleepy, we were here last week. They blew that 23-point mm. uh, you know, lead to Duke, right? But come on, man. Heading into the First of all, Chris Mack took over a very difficult situation in Louisville, right? You'd agree. Yeah, oh, yeah. They were picked to finish 11th in the ACC. What have they done this year? Oh, nothing. They beat Michigan State. They beat North Carolina in Chapel Hill. They pounded Vatek on the road. And if you're leading the number one team in the country by 23 for any reason, you've got some junk in your trunk. So get off the Louisville Cardinals. Now, they won 56-55. They didn't cash. They were laying four and a half. Sleepy, I believe you had the Clemson Tigers today. And I got to tell you, it's cliche, but if you turn the ball over, you're going to lose. And Clemson turned the ball over 20 times today, although they did get the cover. A couple things I noticed, and by the way, Clemson's been very busy collecting wins in the ACC of late. 
Huge 59-51 home win over Vatek last Saturday. Vatek's ranked 11, in case you didn't notice. Again, great defense. Tigers allowing just 43 points per game. 43 in their last three games. And they held Vatek to 28% shooting from the field. That's not easy to do. I noticed right out of the gate, their 6'9 center, Clemson 6'9 center, Elijah Thomas. Very impressive big man. Not just because he blocks shots. He's got that football body and he can score in the low post. But... Let's give Louisville some credit. Remember, uh, Louisville also beat Virginia Tech earlier this year, 72-64 there. And that was coming back after a heart-wrenching loss, overtime loss, in Tallahassee to Florida State when they, were, when they led late and blew it, right? So same kind of situation. They had to come back and, and, and re- rebound. And I think there was some question, how would Louisville rebound? How would they you know, pick, up, pick up the pieces after blowing that lead to Duke. Look, Louisville gets the win. At the end of the year, they don't ask how, just how many. It was a very gritty win. Louisville's a team that makes 10 points, uh, excuse me, 10 three-pointers per game. That's what they're averaging. Today, only 6-19. And they missed three straight free throws on the front end of one-on-ones against Duke. So today they made a point, an emphasis, on making those front ends of one-on-ones. And they did it. Now, one last thing, Sleepy. I don't know what's happening with Louisville. Yes, they're 18 and 7, still impressive, 9 and 3 in conference. They've got a mental block. They've got to learn how to close, right? They get teams down. Their defense has been outstanding. They're holding opponents to 40% field goal percentage, under 30% three point percentage. But if something happens and they start holding mental pictures in the back of their mind of what they don't want to happen, and I got to tell you, it was scary. Clemson almost came back and won the game. All right, props to you. You had the uh, Tigers in the four and a half. Yeah, he did. And I wasn't actually. You know, surprised one bit by this result. Two very tough games for Louisville coming into this Clemson game. OT loss to FSU, and then a devastating 23-point loss to Duke. I mean, that was brutal. At some point, Bernie, the Cardinals had to take a deep breath and relax. It was going to come at home. It came in the first half. They only scored 19 points. Louisville got it together in the second half, but Bernie, this is something that I like to use after two tough losses. A lot of people think a letdown comes after a win. Right. It can come after a loss or multiple losses, and that's why, like Clemson today, I felt that they were in a letdown spot, even though they were off two losses. couple of things, uh, final thoughts about Louisville. I'll be curious to see how they do in the remainder of their ACC schedule. They've still got to play Virginia twice, right? One thing that I did notice today... Their, their top scorer, Jordan Nwora, N-W-O-R-A. Am I pronouncing that right, Sleepy? I believe Nora, so, yes. He blocked a shot at the end of the game to seal the victory against Clemson. Nice victory for Louisville and Chris Mack. I'm happy for them. I think the guy has done an outstanding job. we still got to get to Notre Dame, Virginia, among a million other things. Jam-packed show tonight. And I want to remind everybody that straight out of Vegas – it's brought to you by Discover. Become a new card member. Discover will match all the cash back you've earned, dollar for dollar, at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Tons more to get to. We've even got some NFL news, NBA news, more calls to break down. We'll have best bets at the end of the show. So oh, yeah. We've got a couple of best bets we like. I'm Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. 
And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's really good? Creighton, you don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, before we get to Notre Dame, Virginia, the four sweetest words in the English language, pitchers and catchers report. Yeah, you know they did. How about a tease? The Yankees are 11-2 to win it all. Boston 7-1. Astros 7-1. Dodgers 8-1. Miami Marlins, not so much. 1,000-1. Keep an eye on the St. Louis Cardinals at 15-1. We're going to get into so much more of that when we get into April. But we've got Virginia and Notre Dame to get to. I got to tell you, if the Blue Devils didn't exist, that would be the Duke Blue Devils. Virginia would probably be in heaven, but that's not reality. And I got to tell you, I was very you know, critical of Virginia last week after the Duke game at home. Shakespeare once said, heavy is the head who wears the crown. I'm having a hard time believing Virginia is going to be a factor again in the tournament. I think, you know, okay, they might get to the Final Four, whatever. But look, Notre Dame has been a giant killer over the years. They were getting 17 points today. And this is a team that's got a ton of freshmen and sophomores and one junior. 
But their offense, I'll tell you, they moved well. Their spacing was good. Their passing was excellent. Their perimeter shooting stunk. They just couldn't make shots. And thankfully for Virginia, that was the case because I got to tell you, before today, this pack line defense has been tougher than a night in jail. Number one field goal defense in the ACC. Number one field goal three-point defense in the ACC. Number one points allowed in the ACC. But today, I got to tell you, against Notre Dame, I was not impressed. And, and I, I think that Virginia, their bacon was saved by DeAndre Hunter, who had 20 points and 10 rebounds. Virginia escapes with a 60-54 to 54 win. So if you had Notre Dame plus 17, you got the cash, right? Virginia now only 7-4 and four against the spread in their last 10 home games. Um, look, I know, the, I know that they're capable. Uh, give Virginia credit. They went into Chapel Hill after that devastating Duke loss last week and really took care of business nicely. They go into, uh, they go get to visit Buzz Williams Monday mm-hmm. in Blacksburg against Vatek. Uh, spoiler alert, that may be my best bet at the end of the show, and I'm not talking about Virginia, and I'll, give, I'll make a great case for the other side. But, all right, again, Virginia wins 60-54. to 54. Quick turnaround Monday. They go to Virginia Tech. The bottom line is uh, I think Virginia is, is feeling the heat, as it were, knowing that after losing to Maryland-Baltimore County last year, they have to make a real splash this year. I'm not so sure. Speaking of making a splash, let's jump sports quickly. Joe Flacco, you heard about it in all the papers. Now, he was acquired by the Broncos. Joe Flacco doesn't become a Bronco officially until March 13th, but it's clear to me this deal has become fodder for all the talking heads. And in this cut, we've got our first cut of the night. RJ and Fezzik will use their usual linear approach to analyze this trade from a number standpoint. On paper, Fezzik fairly assesses the Broncos' new signal caller while comparing him to their old quarterback, among other things. Let's have a listen. Going to upgrade Denver. I like Flacco as a quarterback better than Keenum. Half-point upgrade. So I'm not high on Flacco. I'm just very down on Case Keenum. To me, the main question I had when I heard this trade is, what do they do with Keenum? Because on one hand, you could say, Man, it'd be nice. You got two, you know, middling, but probably worse than middling quarterbacks. And you do a quarterback rating, 1 to 32, Fez, for starters. Where do you have Flacco? Flacco is number 24 in my ratings. Now that's fascinating. Now, where right now would you have Lamar Jackson? 24 as well. It's a virtual oh, dead that, heat. That, that's curious. They, they're just exactly <laughs> tied. Yes. Hmm. Okay. We'll let that one go. And where, where, do, where do you have Keenum? Keenum is number 29. All right. So the theory being Keenum's one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Yes. Do we agree with that? Does that feel right to you, Brad? Yeah, it does. I just wonder if Keenum didn't have the years prior to his last year with the Vikings. Meaning, his last year with the Vikings was shockingly good. Yep. So, not last year, but the year before, calendar year-wise. I think he had the third-best QBR in the NFL. I mean, he was a top, top quarterback. Now, the debate was, is that an aberration? He was pretty deep in his career, old, to like have some kind of quantum leap. Or was it, hey, he finally figured it out? Now, obviously, John Elway felt like Keenum figured it out. Or why would he have paid so much money? I mean, Keenum was paid real money last year, and he's owed real money 
this year. So the idea that Flacco, who some people truly consider the worst starting quarterback, and would you agree, Fez, and there's nothing wrong with a professional batter to have an opinion different than the consensus of other professional batters. That's how you make money. They think one thing, you think the other. If you're right, you win. Like you and I disagree a lot. We press the green button and you end up paying paying me. So that's the way (laughs) things happen. Do you agree you're probably higher on Flacco than most in Vegas? Probably, yes. Look, the Denver Broncos, they're getting slammed for this trade right now, but it could easily pay dividends if Joel Flacco remains healthy and determined because he's got some weapons at his disposal and a fairly nasty defense in Denver, and Flacco should feel right at home because whether you believe in him or not, the Broncos, they actually got themselves a guy who has won and could, I'm not saying he's going to, could take him over the top. Frankly, Flacco's uh, Flacco's not going to be asked to put the team on his back. He's not going to be asked to do a lot. He just needs to guide the ship as a 10-year veteran can. Now, has Joe Flacco been the most dominant quarterback of his era? Not even close. But has he been serviceable? Without a doubt. And when you place the proper weapons around him and give him some tools, he's more than capable of winning games. Now, guys like Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, they could greatly benefit from Flacco's experience. And Sutton could actually emerge as a true X receiver for the team. As far as Sutton... He and Flacco, could, they might just establish a great rapport. Now, look, in the end, it really seems like general manager John Elway and, of course, new head coach Vic Fangio, they decided this is a risk worth taking. Denver is not the kind of city where they're going to put up with a year-long rebuild or, year, or multiple years-long rebuild. That would drive Broncos fans crazy. And Flacco, I'm sorry, I believe he's very much an upgrade over Case Keenum. And he's even going to inherit a running game as well, given the fact that rookie free agent Philip Lindsay, he turned in a nice 1,000-yard season last year. He is going to help. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico 15 minutes ago. We got to get to some Antonio Brown news, some Kyrie Irving stuff. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that Russell Westbrook triple-double nonsense as well. We're just getting started, folks. But first, let's go to the dulcet tones of Brian Finley with the latest. Hey, hey, thank you so much, Bernie. Let's get right into the NBA All-Star Weekend extravaganza and all that went down on Saturday. Amadou Diallo one-ups Dennis Smith Jr. to win the slam dunk title. He threw down one dunk that... He had to jump over Shaq, so that was pretty impressive given Diallo is only six foot five and Shaq is 7'1". He is, Diallo, only averaging four points per game for the Thunder this season. Meantime, Joe Harris overshadows Steph Curry to win the three-point shootout. Jason Tatum drills a half-court shot to capture the skills challenge. The big-ticket item, though, the NBA All-Star Game, that starts up Sunday at 8 p.m. College basketball on Saturday. Fifth-ranked Kentucky humbling top-ranked Tennessee 86-69. After the game, Coach Cal said his team's loss to LSU and its controversial ending actually helped his Wildcats win this one against the Vols. 
Number two, Duke, victorious over NC State, 94-78. R.J. Barrett, a triple-double. Ranked teams in Virginia, Michigan, Nevada, North Carolina, Purdue, Iowa State, Texas Tech, all grabbed W's. None of their games, perhaps not as gut-wrenching as what happened in the end of that Iowa-Rutgers game. And I'm playing it right now, and it doesn't seem to want to go. But let's tell you what happened. And I know our technical producer, Iowa Sam, might know a thing or two of how that one went down. But I got we- your back here, Brian. <laughs> I saw that bank from the baseline on the three-pointer with no time left. I didn't know the bank was open on Sunday nights in, or Saturday nights in New Jersey. It was incredible. I'm sure we'll have that, that bite for you later on here throughout the Don't evening. Don't worry about it, buddy. But yeah, the number 21 Ock guys, they win at 71-69. Meantime, online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Back to Bernie Fratto and straight out of Vegas. Hold it right there, Brian. I know you'll probably watch the NBA All-Star game tomorrow night. I'm just curious, what is your favorite of the four professional sports? What is your favorite All-Star game? Bernie, definitely the NBA All Star Game, but I'm kind of really, yeah, I'm kind of a traditionalist though. I don't like the whole Team LeBron, Team Giannis. I'm more of a East versus West, and I I just love the early and late '90s NBA All Star Games. I don't think you can get any better with with Michael Jordan and those guys. And and then we look at the dunks, and we see that a lot of people are talking about how it wasn't that impressive what happened on Saturday. And how much do you miss the Vince Carters you know, of the world pulling off the creativity in dunking as they did in the early 2000s? So I think we're really nostalgic, and I am personally, for those days. But yes, yeah. definitely the NBA All-Star Game. Uh, just between you and me and Brian, I hate the NBL stuff. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Ryan Bersinger, welcome back to Straight Out of Vegas, buddy. Hey, thanks, Bernie. It's good to be here. How about you? What is your favorite of the four professional all-star games? Uh, my favorite, actually, is the baseball all-star game. Me too. It's the only one yeah, where they play defense. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, I love dominant pitching, uh, and especially the last few years, that's really taken over the all-star game because these guys are designed to, you know, they come in and only throw one inning and they just blow people away. Um, yeah. So I, I really I really enjoy it, actually. All right. Good stuff, Ryan. Welcome back. Good to have you with us uh, for tonight's show. And I want to thank Vince Close for help getting everybody ready this week. And oh, by the way, or real quickly, between you and me, Ryan, I'm looking forward to that. I think Tommy Baker owes you a rematch, buddy. See, that proves <laughs> I listen on Friday night. I'm Bernie Fratto. Yeah. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 50% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com. Or call 800-947-AUTO, A-U-T-O. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. All that lovable Antonio Brown was in the news this week. And, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers have been a model of stability since Moby Dick was a minnow. The last time they fired a coach was 1968, a guy by the name of Bill Austin. But, see, that paved the way for 51 years of bliss. Three coaches, Chuck Knoll, Bill Cowher, Mike Tomlin. Well, maybe not bliss, but they all won Super Bowls. And, you know... The thing about it is, if if this whole thing with Antonio Brown is what I think it is, I think Brown is posturing to be elsewhere, but I would say not so fast. See, because Brad Powers gives us the Vegas odds as to where Brown could be next season, but at the end of the day, based on these odds, I don't think there's a clear-cut favorite. Let's give it a listen. 
The Steelers are the favorite to have Antonio Brown on the roster come week one of next season. So 24 hours later, another meaningless tweet. Do we see any changes in Vegas, RJ? It feels like he's digging himself in, meaning I think we've all with uh, partners have had situations where you have arguments and then there's that certain phrase, perhaps, <laughs> that once you say, like, it's been in the back of your mind, or maybe it's been in the back of their mind, and then it's finally said, and then you don't come back from it, right? You can try, but you don't. It feels like this is meaningful that Brown is moving towards saying things that will make it very hard for him to return to Pittsburgh. That said... Vegas does this very well. Brad Powers, what are the current odds on where Brown plays next season? Well, there's been a change in the last 24 hours. Yesterday, the Steelers were still the favorite for Antonio Brown to play week one next year. Now it's the Arizona Cardinals plus 450, the new favorite to land Antonio Brown, Steelers 5 to 1. Okay, so really what we're saying is no big favorite either way. Who's, yeah. uh, who's third and fourth? 49ers and Dolphins are plus 550. So they're all in the same range. Yep. So it's Cardinals, Steelers, 49ers, Dolphins, yep. the favorite right now yep. to Lamb Brown. All right, before anybody does anything rash, pay attention. In weeks 15 and 16 versus New England and at New Orleans, Antonio Brown caught 21 passes for 234 yards and three touchdowns. By the way, he was targeted 26 times. Now, while the Steelers were still in the hunt, he was crucial. He was a critical component to their offense. Plus, it's been recognized over the years, if I'm being fair, that Antonio Brown has been an incredibly dedicated and really good practice player, hard worker, worked on his craft, right? I'm pretty sure Le'Veon Bell has suited up for the last time as a Steeler. But can they really afford to lose two? The Steelers, can they really afford to lose two prolific weapons? That's a big hit. That's why I believe it should and will happen that somehow cooler heads prevail and Brown is back in golden black in the Steel City next year. Now, we all know that Brown's going to meet with Art Rooney next week. At this point, the meeting with Rooney is unlikely to change the situation, but it's a positive sign that Brown is willing to meet with the team president. It's far better to maintain a positive relationship instead of shutting everyone out. After all, Rooney, he does quite literally hold Brown's future in his hands, and he could decide to give him a better destination if a trade does happen. But I'm thinking that Brown's like a jilted lover that wants to be chased a little bit right now. And keep this in mind. Antonio Brown has caught 686 passes for over 9,000 yards and 67 touchdowns since the start of the 2013 season. Why do I bring that up? Because it's the most in the NFL in each category during that span. This is a remarkable span and a remarkable run of statistical greatness. And that's why if the Steelers do try to trade him, they're going to shoot for a first-round pick. They may not get it. So I think Steeler fans... Let cooler heads prevail. Bring Antonio back. You need him. And frankly, Antonio, you need the Steelers as well. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. we got to get to Kyrie Irving. Look ahead to some college basketball games tomorrow. And, yes, our best bets. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted. So don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. You're back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. And I want to remind you folks that Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by Discover. 
Become a new card member and Discover will match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Before I go any further, I want to thank my broadcast team back in L.A., Ryan Bersinger. Hope I said that right. I know I said the Ryan part right. Brian Finley, and of course, Iowa Sam. And I also want to thank Vince Close. Vince, I hope you're listening. All throughout the week, he did a lot of stuff helping us get ready and handing it off to Ryan tonight. Great job, guys. And let's not forget my guy here in Vegas. That would be Las Vegas Sleepy J. Let me just say this. The man is oozing with talent, if you only knew. Kyrie Irving in the news this week. Now, in this cut, very meaty dialogue, RJ points out, the Celtics better think long and hard about how to handle the Kyrie Irving situation because R.J. Apley points out that unless your NBA franchise possesses a key player that falls into a certain category, you're a long shot to win an NBA championship. And isn't that what the Celtics want to do? R.J., by the way, in this cut, cites specific names and examples going all the way back to 1980. Let's give it a listen. Can the Celtics win a title without Kyrie? And if not, don't they owe it to themselves to try to make it work? So let me give you a basic premise that I strongly believe. This is a truth that I don't think is really debatable. You need, in almost every case, a go-to, climb-on-my-back, nothing-is-going-to-stop-me type player to win the NBA title. Do a little exercise. Go to Google Look at the NBA champions from 1980 onward, Bird and Magic onward, and look at the best player on each of the championship teams. I would make the case, and let's think about this now, since 1980, it's been 38 years, and I'd say there's less than eight years that there wasn't a top three player in the NBA on the championship team. Just think about it. Bird on a bunch of them. Three. Magic on five of them. Hakeem when he won his two, for sure. Then you look at Tim Duncan. You look at Kobe and Shaq, however you want to talk about them. You look at LeBron. You look Jordan. at You look at Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's not leave out those six. <laughs> We could debate with the Pistons, oh, was Isaiah, and maybe he was, but let's say maybe even not. Now, the exceptions, you could say, Spurs a few years ago, even though Leonard was quite good, he wasn't clearly a top three player. You could make the exception of the Pistons in, what was it, 03, 04, when they had just a bunch of really good players, but not, uh, oh my, he's the guy. But we're talking about, 30 out of 38 years you need to climb on somebody's back. Why? Because there's going to be given points in a game seven where you need that score. And for the youngsters out there, go back to the Utah, the final Jordan title, number six, and everyone remembers the shot and the and the pose. But if you watch the last two or three minutes of that game, it was game six, Utah at home. If they had won that game, Utah would have hosted game seven to win the title. And I can remember, strangely, the odds in that game six was right around Pickham. The assumption was Bulls were a little bit better. Game was in Utah. So game seven would have been right around Pickham. Imagine how different that Jordan legacy would be if he had lost that last one instead of 6-0. Very different. 
But what happened was he made an amazing play on defense, just stripped the ball like it was a little kid playing against him, went down, scored easily, got another stop, and then hit the shot we all remember. For the record, this season, Kyrie Irving leads the Boston Celtics in points, assists, minutes, free throws, and three-pointers per game. And despite that production from the point guard, he's a point guard, there have been whispers the Celtics are better without Irving on the court. Now, Jason McIntyre brought up a great point on his show this morning. And he said there are some numbers that bear out the fact that might show the Celtics are quite capable without Kyrie Irving on the court. Now, I want to address that in two areas. One, remember two things. One, Irving is their point guard. He's their quarterback. He's a field general. Isaiah Thomas once told me to my face, he thought point guard was the most important position in all of sports because one player can dictate the movements of nine other people with the ball in his hand. He's right. Number two, the playoffs are a different animal. Everything is intensified. Irving already owns one ring. He knows what that process looks like. Suffice it to say, in my book, with Irving... The Celtics have a chance to hoist the trophy. Without him, they won't. Book it. Just my opinion, as Dennis Miller says, I could be wrong. I don't think I'm not. I think, RJ, that was one of the most solid cuts of any we've done in the last few months. All right, let's get to some quick college games tomorrow. Sleepy Ohio State visits Michigan State, number 11th-ranked Michigan State. Sparty's laying 12. Michigan State wins. They'll be 12-3, and three, tied for first. They're trying to get their sixth straight win. They'll be relying on Cassius Winston, of course, averaging 19 points a game. Ohio State's got a real challenge ahead of them, right? They've got, they're 11-0 when they limit teams to 62 or fewer points. But frankly, Michigan State, they're defensively they've been great, holding teams to 37% shooting from the field. Ohio State's a mess. They lost as an eight-point favorite to Illinois the other night. Mm-hmm. I expect Michigan State stifling defense to get it done. They're limiting opponents in second-chance opportunities. And Ohio State, by the way, Sleepy, they've been a turnover machine. They coughed it up 18 times against Illinois the other night. I like Michigan State, right around 10 or 12. Villanova St. John's, you had some good thoughts on this game tomorrow. Yeah, very tough stretch here for St. John's. Listen to the last five games for the Johnnies, Bernie, at Creighton, at Duke, at Marquette, then back home, lost to Providence, and an OT thriller win against Butler. On the other hand, Nova has had a much easier stretch of running games here. Very tough spot here for the Johnnies playing their sixth tough game in a row. I like Villanova here laying points. I have about two and a half or three points tomorrow. I like Nova. I like Nova too. Amazingly sleepy. St. John's has won two of its last three games against ranked opponents. Chris Mullen not doing a bad job. The Johnny's 18 and 7. Hmm. Sleepy, let's get to that dreaded NBA All-Star game. That might be your best bet tomorrow. That actually is. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take NBA All-Star game under 312 points. That is my best bet for tomorrow. Small sample size here, Bernie, with the NBA All-Star game, obviously, with the, the, the new structure here. And I think that, you know, last year, 293 points scored. I think that's the only thing we could really base our decision off of to make a bet on the total in this game. My best bet under NBA All-Star game, 312 points. All right. It doesn't bother you that it opened at 322 and it's been steamed down a bit? Uh, no. Last year it opened at 340, Bernie, and ended up dropping all the way down to like yeah. 333. And they only scored, as I just 293? said, 293. Yeah. 293 is what they scored total. Yep. yep. All right. My best bet for tomorrow, I teased it earlier. Virginia, quick turnaround. They head to Blacksburg and Virginia Tech, Buzz Williams. They're heading into a buzzsaw. The look ahead line, the Hokies are laying four. Now, they were cruising along on a 7 2 straight up. But they, you know, they suffered a couple of tough losses to Louisville and Clemson. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Vatek owns a really solid 13 and seven straight up and 15 and five against the spread. Again, in their last 20 games, when they play with revenge, 
Buzz Williams, now the revenge is they lost by 22 last time, right? I got to tell you, Tony Bennett struggles when he's favored into revenge on short notice. 10 and 10 against the spread. There's 10 and 10 straight up, 4 and 15 against the spread. I'm nervous, but I think the value is with the Hokies tomorrow. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Straight Out of Vegas. I'm Bernie Fratto. Don't you go anywhere. Up next, a man who was elected mayor of Cancun and he won a landslide, even though he never even campaigned. It's my man. Yes, that would be Jonas Knox. Straight out of Vegas! Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code Gabby2024 for 20% off your first order. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you.